front lines of the cold war <laughs> where okay. are the front lines of the cold war in the trenches there, um, that's the thing about the in cold relationships war. is where there, the front lines are. there are no front lines right oh well, okay maybe like cuba oh, and, and uh well, the front Eastern lines block what, yeah. what do you mean oh of the actual cold yeah, war yeah 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 anyway oh uh, well okay but the, but but our cold war front lines are in interactions in the with. hearts and minds of women and men everywhere yeah, okay and, <laughs> definitely in yeah there. so this part two <laughs> that's uh, also of, pretty of, big uh, well it's about our the other cold war series it's part two of the <clears throat> discussion about uh women and men's uh gender differences that was a little abstract it was. um but it kind of makes me think of how the big bang happened not it wasn't like an explosion supposedly of a single point exploding outward forever uh-huh. But an explosion that happened everywhere at the same time. What? Yeah. More like uh, uh, a surface of a balloon expanding. Mm-hmm. Space is expanding everywhere all at the same time. Oh. As opposed to a single ex- oh. thing that exploded outward. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Anyways, I don't know why I connected those two. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I apologize. I've been on a black yeah. hole kick for a while. Yeah, it's cool. But, uh, it's very cool. clear. But I digress. Back to the Cold yeah, War. That's cool. We digress here. That's what yeah. we do. Uh, okay, so picking up where we left off. Uh, we were talking about, and we talked a lot about the female brain, both the organ and the book by by Luanne Brissendine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, now we're, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about... Well, we're going to talk draw more from uh, a book called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. I know I've referenced it many times here before. Uh, very good. It's a very good book. Um, so he talks about how um, there's, there's generally a different approach to upbringing for boys and girls, um, which, which affects their emotional development. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this is pretty clearly a mix uh, before we talked about how, you know, there's some things that are cultural yeah. in nature and you know there's definitely a nurture element to what we perceive mm-hmm. in gender differences yeah uh, but we also believe the evidence is evidence is strong that there's physiological differences certain physiological yeah. differences we can't explain everything by sure. that or, or blame everything on on those yeah um you know and i think when it comes to upbringing you know there's clearly a mix of both physiology and and culture um Oh, okay. But first, back to the female brain quickly. So, so she talks about how the girl brain is wired for connection and preserving harmonious relationships. Um, and she, whereas she says that most boys don't share this intense desire for verbal con- connection, which results from that. Um, so attempts at verbal intimacy with with. Um, she's talking about young girls and young boys. She said that you know a girl's attempt at verbal intimacy with male contemporaries can be met with disappointing results. Yeah, um, which is why the Hallmark Channel is so appealing. <laughs> Uh, and you know uh all those books about yeah. victorian era men that yeah um share their feelings and, yeah and talk so, about and them I openly. Say, i've noticed this recently in my own life there's without uh, i'm gonna preserve the identity of the innocent but there's there's a girl i like a lot where Oh, she lives in another state. My eyebrows um, raised. I've I've just found that like there's, it's hard that the only way we can connect right now is verbally over the phone. As a man, mm. it, it's not that it, I can't talk about anything, but at the same time, that is not. It's 
it's not as engaging for men. Which is funny because I was talking about my engagement being long mm-hmm. distance and how much I value that we have that time to talk over the phone. As a female, yeah. I love sure. that connection, sure. that kind of type of connection. It's yeah, harder yeah. for you as a male. Yeah. Depends um, on the relationship. Like I've been, in, I've been in relationships that were um, – uh, I got a lot out of the verbal communication. Um, yeah. Even so much so that I was like wanting to like not spend as many days together so that we could talk more because when we would be together, we'd end up like just cuddling mm-hmm. and not talking yeah. as much. Yeah. And stuff. Yep. You yeah. know, but that didn't go over very well, but it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, and this is one of those things that again, there's definitely going to be variation. And in fact, I also think like thinking back to my own childhood, like, I, you know, I was much more of a like, I would, I would, I think because Paul and I are both more like, more emotional, you know, on, on the scale. Um, certainly as a kid, I was really sensitive and, and very emotional. And yeah, me too. for whatever reasons, my trajectory lately has been, <laughs> I've become more traditionally male, I think. Uh, um, I which I think has been, a, I think that's been positive for me, positive development. So but certainly as, as a young boy, like, I had a harder time fitting in with people where I couldn't, talk about emotions and like mm. deeper things mm. uh whereas the friends you know guy friends or or girlfriends where i did have that that was like really important mm-hmm. for me um so you know it's interesting it's interesting to me when you're talking about how uh females per um prefer harmony uh, but it's interesting mm-hmm. to me though that um females are also more okay with um disagreements and talking about them up and stuff you know what i mean it's like because it leads yeah. to harmony and maybe that's what it is i you think know? there's it's a lot like, of nuance not, it's not an artificial that. harmony i think there's a lot of new or i think there's a decent amount of nuance to that because yeah. you're right i think it's more important to them so they're more motivated mm-hmm. yeah um i think failing failing at that can be a, a harder blow and that actually um brizendine and goldman both both talk about that um yeah yeah Okay, we just paused briefly because uh, I had to kill a spider that was crawling around behind Bryce and he yeah. didn't know about it. And it freaked me out. It was and the I just, funniest thing. I was just joking how my amygdala was going crazy with a fight or flight response and I chose flight. Yeah. And I had a, and Chayla talked about how she got brave and killed the spider even though she didn't All want to. All by myself. Yeah. And then I hyperventilated for five minutes yeah. afterwards. But there we're was no one else to kill it and I couldn't let it just live with me. Paul's <laughs> aggression centers were utilized for good social... Outcomes. That's right. I immediately went to fight. Yeah. Um, which is also what I do in my dreams. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I find in my dreams I do all kinds of brave things. When there's, in fact, I had this, I had this really weird, I had this really awkward nightmare one time where some guy was chasing me in a parking lot, and for somehow I had the wherewithal to think like, wait a minute, I don't run away from bad guys in my dreams. I chased him in my dreams, and I, I turned around and started running after him, and then he was running away from me. Nice. And then the end of the dream was when I got him into a headlock and started dragging him away. It <laughs> <laughs> was great. Way to go, man. It was, awesome. it was weird to me, though, that I had that wherewithal yeah. to realize That's I was in a cool. dream yeah. to enough to change it, but to not wake up, like, I didn't, I didn't realize it enough to wake up. But uh-huh. at any rate, um, awesome. I also had a female friend one time call me, and uh, she was like a 45-minute drive away, and she asked me to come kill a spider because it was big, and it was on her floor, and it was looking at her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can times eight, <laughs> and I yeah times Wait, eight. eight eyes? <laughs> it's looking at me. Yeah, right. yeah, I think they have eight. But then maybe that's times four. Um, but anyways, um, and I called my brother who lived a lot closer, and I said, "Hey, man, can you go kill the spider for her?" So he went and killed it for her. You know, I was on a date once <laughs> where, and this is this is me writing off men for stupid reasons, right? But uh-huh. 
there was a spider and he's like, I'll go kill it. And he comes back and he said, that was too big. It's still there. I couldn't kill it. And I was like, this relationship is over. <laughs> like, if you can't kill a spider, I can't kill a spider. We cannot live in together. can't last. <laughs> Needless to say, it didn't work out. <laughs> Needless to say. Needless to say. Oh, well, people have broken up uh, for stupid reasons. <laughs> Sorry, actually, let me, let me backtrack though. Sure. Actually, I just want to say like, when... When people break up over stuff that we label as stupid, yeah. it, it's not stupid, right? It, it's important enough to them. Yeah. There's something underlying that that's important enough that they feel like this is a no-go. So right. anyway. And sometimes but, that may be not being willing to work through their own sure. things, which we can get to that later. Yeah. But I, I just think uh, in general, we're too quick. And this is kind of what I conclude at the end of all this. But mm-hmm. we're a little too, more than a little too quick to conclude, uh, to label things and to conclude this person is just, or this relation is just X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And so it can't work because it's right. just, or, you know, or to assume the worst about, about what we perceive. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so back to science. <laughs> As always. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we talked about how you know, the girl brain is wired for connection and preserving harmonious relationships. Uh, the, the, Male brain, the boy brain is not as much wired for that verbal connection. Um, okay, in emotional intelligence, he talks about how girls' more advanced facility with language allows them to be more articulate about emotions. So basically, they find that that from an early age, girls, you know, become more adept verbally at talking about emotional um, things, um, and so and they become more adept than boys at using words to explore and substitute for emotional reactions such as physical fights. Um, it's a war of words. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, which has the potential to be a lot more constructive, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. But also, um, it could be more brutal. It could be, yeah, but depending but on how, in a different how you way. look at it. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That whole sticks and stones thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Sometimes that's kind of backwards. Sure. You know, sometimes words do hurt more. Yeah. Like uh, in the long run. Yeah. It, that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Another thing you find by age 13, uh, there's cl- clear gender differences emerge in how aggression is expressed with girls. And we talked about this already. Girls becoming adept at more covert and sophisticated relational aggression and boys continuing to just be uh, overtly confrontational. <laughs> right. So there's yeah. more like emotional cognitive sophistication mm-hmm. to, to women at an, or to girls at an early age you know one of the interesting things too though is that like um men can like like straight up get in a fist fight and then and then be friends sure like right after and be like all right whatever sure and mm-hmm. it, it can it can cool down there, there can be a yeah. very quick cool down period sure uh, for guys whereas oftentimes for women that's not the case like it maybe doesn't rise to the level of fist fights, violence but it may be is a a longer thing that lasts a lot longer. Yeah. You know, interesting. You say that, and I, I've been thinking through, somebody recently told me, like, if you need help getting over something that you're mad about, just go punch a pillow. And I was like, that's so silly. I do not, like, <laughs> I don't need to punch something, but it is surprisingly therapeutic. Uh-huh. And now when I'm really mad, I'll go punch a pillow or I'll go out and just do something <laughs> really aggressive physically. Interesting. And it's surprising how therapeutic that is. You know what? And it really helps. As, again, as, as a historically sensitive male who's less sensitive now, but, <laughs> but like I found that the the more I like go to the gym and work out, mm-hmm. like it has a huge like yeah yeah same yeah. kind of thing. Doing I used something to go for phys- runs when I was doing something mad physical and I can, doing can that. ail a lot yeah. of what of our what's bothering us emotionally. 
Yeah, yeah. so I don't know. Maybe Which, men again, have it right. Exactly. <laughs> Could be a benefit of being a man. Yeah. Yeah. But do you first envision the pillow as the face of a person? And, <laughs> and do, you first, do you first talk with it to verbally get all your aggression out? I, like, this I is don't what envision drawing. it as a face, but I do talk to it. I usually yell at it as I'm punching. You say it in verbose ways, too. You, Why you are use, you so stupid? And the reason you're so stupid is this. And let me say it in another way. And uh, Because you've got more uh, control, command of the language. Of, uh, exactly, talk, yeah. Yes. Talking about your emotions. Yeah. yeah. So you know, like, I, I, furthermore, I think... let me add this. And alternatively, I could put it this way. <laughs> okay. Kapow. Um, this one's for yeah. the old man. Right. <laughs> At any rate. These, you know, these differences in like verbals and emotional sophistication, like they continue into adulthood. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I would say on average men are a lot, you know, adult men are, are less adept at you know explaining how they feel about things explaining how those feelings might like be relevant to a certain situation yeah part of that is cultural they just don't want to talk about it because men aren't supposed to have feelings right well and and in the workplace no one is supposed to have feelings Mm. there's (laughs) no crying in insurance that's what we say during fourth quarter Uh. there's no crying in insurance (laughs) truth is there's a lot of crying yeah (laughs) right right um by the way, this is like a random aside, but sure. it's also true that like um, the the most in depth conversations that you have with another guy uh, I've found are oftentimes we're both like leaning against a car and not looking at each other for like half an hour, we're having this like really deep conversation, and then like the very end of the conversation, you're like like one second eye contact, you're like, you know what I mean, and, and it's uh, <laughs> the whole time there was no eye contact. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, and that's when and the it's real like connection. You're burying your whole soul. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And and you don't see that with a woman to woman interaction. Yeah, you know, it's like, like it's like eye contact. It's like laser, man. Sure. What about when you're um, talking to a female? Is it uncomfortable to look in the eyes during that serious conversation? If you if it's like a female you're in a relationship with and you're like um, you're romantically involved, and no, that happens a lot more. I, mean, I think guys are less still probably less prone to eye contact than women, uh-huh. even in a, in relationships. Is my guess, but yeah. Uh, um, so good segue, Paul. Um, Oh, actually, I didn't quote it here, but that is something they find. Yeah, that 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 babies, that that female babies yeah. are looking at facial expression. They're way more interested in, it, in facial expression than than boys are. And men, yeah. and boys are more interested in things. In fact, the That's author right. of uh, the yeah. female brain, I remember this because she had a a male baby, mm-hmm. and I remember she was concerned, and she even thought that it maybe had like autism or, yeah. something, or somewhere on the autistic spectrum because. Yeah it wouldn't look at her that much. Like she would pick it up and it would like want to look at everything else and yeah. go mm-hmm. touch the doorknob and stuff like that. Yeah. It turns out it was just a normal male, uh, normal male. It didn't, it wasn't on the autistic spectrum. It just, yeah. um, it's just guys tendency to focus on things and, yeah. and, and how about a female baby? You can just sit there and stare in its eyes and it loves that man. Yeah. It's just soaking yeah. it in. Yeah. It, it the, also in one of the books, I think it was emotional intelligence. Now I'm not sure you can correct me, but it said that females are more expressive in their faces because of that. So yes, the female face shows a lot more what you're thinking internally than the male but, face. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, for all you parents out there, I t- I think I can't remember if it was in the female brain or somewhere else that um, somebody said like this is why it sometimes can be good like when you're holding a baby, if you're holding a female baby, hold her facing you, and hold a male baby facing mm-hmm. away from you because mm-hmm. the baby wants to see everything else that's going yeah. on, mm-hmm. like check stuff out. Yeah. And the female baby wants to like check you out. Yeah. That, so. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Brizendine, she says that at an early age, girls exhibit an interest in emotional expression and and look for social cues, mm. uh, whereas boys lack such interest, making them... Actually, this might not be an exact quote. Anyway, yeah, boys <laughs> lack that interest, which makes them more prone to unimpeded exploration. You know, yeah. I think this explains a lot. 
again, not perfectly, doesn't perfectly explain things, but, you know, women at an early age exhibit a, a, a difference in how interested they are in, in the whole human experience and, mm. you know, visually yeah. as well as, like, emotionally. Um, yeah. Um, so, Goleman, he, he says that um, girls end up becoming adept at reading verbal and nonverbal emotional signals, like we were talking about. Uh, and at expressing and communicating feelings, and boys become adept at minimizing emotions having to do with vulnerability, guilt, and fear. Yeah, there's the I, again. I think there's a cultural element to that, and as well as a physiological element to it. Hmm. There, it's easy to see negatives about that. Yeah, like um, okay, women are um, at least dealing with their emotions directly, and mm-hmm. men are trying to get away from some of these emotions. Yeah. But and, and they probably feel relatively yeah. less emotion. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, do you think there's positives that come from that too? I mean, are there? What are the good? What are the benefits about running away from emotions? I don't know. We'll have to. <laughs> we'll really have to know. read the male brain to, to find that. No, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, has to, it has to do with you know we're we're more fo- more focused on things. You know, I think we're more willing to take risks. Um, we're more interested in the exploration because we're not we're not not we're emotional as, risks. We're not as worried so much about. And th- I think this is important actually. And they, I don't know if they spell this out explicitly. I can't remember. Maybe our emotions don't but, shut us down as much when we need to get well, something done. I, I, I don't know. W- women are more interested in in the social appropriateness and and the relationships. They do they do spell this out explicitly, you know. So in in some ways, they have more rules they have that they want to follow that mm-hmm. they're willing to follow than mm-hmm. men who aren't even as cognizant of all those rules. And we have lots of examples of that, right? Um, I know in my life, I'm a little torn on this, but. You know, it's important to me to like follow, you know, good moral uh, conduct. But at the same time, I don't like rules that are stupid that I think are are you know made up. E- even if breaking those rules might make me a little bit of a social outcast in other people's eyes, mm-hmm. I'm guessing women are are less willing to step outside of of convention in that right. way. Hmm. I, I am at least. I don't know about yeah. other women, but. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah, I would yeah. guess most. I think you're right. I remember in the in the female brain too when she was talking about children playing, uh female females are more likely to like ask a question uh, of the other children like uh, house, you know, like or what mm-hmm. you want to play house and they'll ask it as a question though to the group and boys will be more likely to be like army, let's play army or they'll just <laughs> they'll just say doing. it like this is what we're doing. Girls will yeah. be more likely to ask. Oh, interesting. It's more of a harmo- it's more of a like group think yeah. kind of thing like interesting. Let's, Very interesting. Should we do this? Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah, even with um, like getting together with my girlfriends for dinner, where should we go for dinner? Well, what do you think? Well, I don't care. I don't uh-huh. care either. It's so like that sounds terrible to me. I hate it. I hate it. But most women yeah. are like that. Sure. And why do you think that is? <laughs> Probably because they're trying to keep the peace and they don't care I that think, much. They're just <laughs> even if right. they have an opinion, they don't want to be the one to like make everybody mad. So sure? they're just trying to be That's kind right. about it. Yeah. And the guy's like, want to go to this restaurant? I don't know what they serve, but it's amazingly close. And they say, let's do this. <laughs> Which I also think, like, on dates, <laughs> when a guy says, this is where we're going to a restaurant, I love that. Oh, yeah. Huh. Like, uh, I love that I, he doesn't have to, like, we don't have to go through all the feelings about how everybody yeah. feels about this yeah. or who's going to be nicer. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. So, Sometimes they'll say, do you like this place or this place? And I can yeah. choose. Yeah. But that's just what I'll do. I'll when say, it's like, just do an like I don't place. care fest. That, that's definitely an area where, like, I do have some female quote-unquote female in me mm-hmm. like that i i do want to go i do care about what people think uh-huh. but i guess for me it's not so much i'm i'm not worried about like what they'll think if i 
express an unpopular opinion. It's uh -huh. just that I want to make sure that like people's needs are being met, yeah. or that their preferences are taken into account. Right. So I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe that's um, a little different. Well, well, along these lines too, I'll point out that like, um, you know, I do feel like when I've been in some of my relationships where the females wanted to talk more about like emotional stuff, like some of those have been uh, pleasure. You know, those have been good conversations for me. Mm -hmm. Like I've I've appreciated uh, their being able to uh, um, kind of bring me out of uh, not talking about emotional stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's been good. But yeah. but I think that's different. Also, I think some of the Myers Briggs stuff can play into this too. Like yeah. I think I'm an F. I think I like talking about emotions sure. like in general when I when it comes up. Um, I maybe don't always think to bring it up. But like yeah. I know some of my friends that are like T's. They don't like talking about emotions. Like, in fact, one of the cartoons in one of this book I had, um, the girl was asking the guy, like, uh, I feel this when you do this or whatever. And the guy was like, there's that word again, feel. <laughs> and, and he was like, irrelevant. Uh, if, I hear, like irrelevant. if I hear that word one more time, yeah. like, it was like about to explode. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to move on. Let's do it. Uh, so women, this is back to Goldman. Uh, women, on average, experience the entire range of emotions with greater intensity and volatility than men. Mm. Um, again, a, a lot of that, I think, has to do with just hormonal um, changes. Because, um, again, he was talking about how girls end up becoming adept at reading verbal and nonverbal emotional signals and expressing and communicating feelings. Uh, and how boys become adept at minimizing their emotions having to do with vulnerability, guilt, and fear. Mm -hmm. So anyway, he sums this up. All of this means that, in general, women come into a marriage groomed for the role of emotional manager, while men arrive with much less appreciation of the importance of this, of this task for helping a relationship survive. And and I didn't write it in here, but he goes on to say that, in some ways, this leads them to maybe a Pollyanna-ish view about the relationship, where he thinks everything is going great. Right. And the woman's mm -hmm. like, nope, you're not seeing the whole picture here. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Which I've seen that in, in friends I've talked to. Like, there's one friend who, like, he thought things were going great with a girl he was dating when, you know, kind of out of the blue, she stopped, she, like, cut off ties. And they he, were like, he was totally, bird. like, shocked. Like, he didn't know what happened. I'm mm. sure there were signs, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's interesting stuff, man. Um, hmm. I had a thought, but I can't remember. Oh, what man. I know. Okay, well, I'll keep going. I did too. Wait, I almost oh. found it. Hang yeah, on a yeah. second. Oh, okay. So he, he goes on to talk about the Pollyanna thing, and he says, combine men's rosy view of marriage with their aversion to emotional confrontations, and it's clear why wives so often complain that their husbands try to wiggle out of discussing troubling things. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. It's yeah. not necessarily that they're trying to wiggle out of it, but it's just kind of the way they think and the way their view is that they just... Which it's, you know, it's, it, it's kind of a incomplete view. Mm. And this is what we talked about actually in our first first episode you know that you know, men's compartmentalization um they, they they don't necessarily have the full view of things it, it might be a more focused view but it doesn't take everything to, into account yeah i'm not sure if you want to go here right now but i know Probably um not. but we were going to talk about how <laughs> men are more likely to get flooded though oh yeah yeah we do want to talk about yeah. that okay and, uh, so, so and yeah go ahead okay so i'll keep going so uh okay i thought this was interesting so robert josephs at the university of texas uh he concluded some research uh, by saying that men's self-esteem uh, derives more from their ability to maintain independence from others, while women's self-esteem is maintained in part, at least, by the ability to sustain intimate relationships with others. Absolutely true for me. Like my self-esteem, uh, it's strongly tied to my independence and my and my uh, what's the word? Um, 
adequacy to complete tasks. And like, and I say this, like looking at my experience with depression is very, it in some obvious ways is very different from some of my siblings depression. Theirs is a lot more about uh, self-worth, how they fit into like, you know, if they're a good person or not, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. For me, it, it's been very much about like feeling that I can accomplish uh, goals and take care of myself. Um, it's about, saying, it's been about my independence. Does that correlate along gender lines in your family? Is that like what you're saying? Or uh, I, I guess I'm just saying, in my experience, I agree with what uh, with what Robert Joseph says about yeah. self esteem. Yeah. That for men, it, it has more to do with maintaining independence. I think that's uh, yeah. true a lot for women too. Like my, for me, if somebody doesn't like me, that's a big deal to me. Yeah. If somebody doesn't want to work at a relationship with me, that hurts my self esteem. Like, mm-hmm. well, why not? Like, we can work through this, or we can figure things out. Yeah. But, but also, I think because of being single in my mid thirties, independence is important to me, but it hasn't always been. Sure. So that's yeah. kind of come in as a role, yeah. as a necessity, yeah. not so much as a thing that was always there. Right. Whereas human connection has always been important to me in relationships, interpersonal right. relationships with right. people. Yeah. And that's a good example of why we can't neatly boil this all down to, mm-hmm. Oh, gender difference, gender difference. Cause yeah, yeah. there's some nuance. Um, you yeah, those are good points. No, I agree in general that um, you know, I think I think about like my career and stuff that factors in heavily into like how I'm feeling about myself to some extent, yeah. you know. Or you know, um so I, I don't know. Um I mean, I do care what people think about me too though. Sure. And I was sensitive as a child, you know, I've I've remained so that way probably more than you have mm-hmm. to some extent. Um but so I do care about that stuff too, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess yeah. it all factors in a little bit, but Yeah. Uh, okay, so but, now... Yeah, oh, go yeah. ahead. But I was just going to say, like, how um, you were talking about flooding now and how guys... Yeah, we're going to talk about Guys that. are more likely to get, like, overloaded and... Yeah. So th- this is... I thought this was very interesting, very um, relevant uh, when we're talking about, like, you know, how we manage um, conflict. So so Goleman, he talks a lot in in his book about emotional hijackings in the brain. And this is essentially... Uh, we We have these two major brain circuits... Um, for processing information and then acting according. Um, and there's also a great another product placement. There's a great book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Nobel winning um, guy named uh, Daniel Kahneman. And he he talks about this in great detail because it's a very long book, very long book. Yeah. <laughs> I just got it on the audiobook. It'll be great. Uh, but he uh, basically there's there's the slow, deliberate, more accurate. Uh, rational brain, which which uses it taps into the prefrontal cortex, which we referred to earlier, which which is where rational decision making is made. Um, so that's the the slow circuit, and then there's a fast circuit, is the one that goes in the limbic system, goes into the amygdala, um, to some other parts of the brain there, and that and that's our primitive, fast, uh, prone to in, inaccuracies Impulsive. and and overreactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's that part of the brain. Um, and he talks about how, you know, in in a sudden moment of crisis, you know, instinctively we it's our limbic brain that that kicks in sometimes to to terrible effect. Like he talks about, you know, this like parent who like accidentally shot his child or something, thinking it was an intruder or something. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just trying to keep us alive. But yeah, yeah, that's right. It's kind of you know ill suited to the modern world in some ways. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so basically he talks about emotional hijackings where the limbic system circumvents the lower, the slower thinking brain um, as, as part of an emotion-based response to some perceived threat. 
uh, he cites John Gottman's work. This is another big name in in this in these fields. Yeah. John Gottman, he's a very well respected researcher of of uh, relationships, um, and uh, so Goldman cites Gottman's work regarding flooding, which is kind of like prolonged uh, limbic hijackings uh, due to frequent emotional distress uh, triggered by negative thoughts. Uh, and he talks about this in the context of relationships. Um, where you know flooding becomes this self-perpetuating emotional hijacking uh, that's reinforced by and then greatly amplifies uh, repeated negativity. So I, I can speak to give an example of, of what I mean. Like I, this there's this woman I worked with. Um, it was very stressful. Uh, we we trying to preserve the innocent. Uh, we were peers, but there was also an. It was just, it was a difficult situation. It was difficult working with her. And, and I remember there were some periods of time where like, it, it was actually at the time I was reading this book. So it was very helpful. Mm. But like where I was, I was getting uh, flooded. Like where yeah. I, you know, things were tense between us. Uh, she'd say things that were kind of innocuous and I would take it totally the wrong way and, and overreact me. It would be more snippy. You know, I, I slammed at more than one door in, in uh, frustration once after meeting with her. Um, in some <laughs> nice. ways, it was, it, this was just the nature of a relationship that we were pretty open. Okay. But in some ways, it was it was bad. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I remember sometimes I'd just be like, I am so worked up right now. I need to go yeah. go outside and take a walk and and punch a pillow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so, it's gonna have your face on it. Right? Yeah. Um, was she cool with that? Like when you just oh, said it that way? All, like but, I need to get out of to, here. To her credit, you know, like she she in some way, well. I mean, was it was it hard for you? You needed to take a break from the conversation because it was you were all worked up. Yeah, and some. I mean, I would say we both grew in our like awareness and our ability to manage these conflicts mm. to yeah. some extent. Um, you know, where where we could recognize, hey, you know, what? I'm really worked up. Let's go take a break. Yeah. Um, which is productive, right? So anyway, I'm blabbing. You got what are right, you? Right, but the, kind of the point of that anecdote is that in general, though, men it, tend it, to get flooded more. That's often than right, women. and it, and it was it was like, based on you know sequential perceptions of negativity and some of it really was negativity uh, like it wasn't just yeah. perceived um or, yeah. or, or uh, my perceptions were accurate yeah know, and this might it. tie back into the to the fact that uh, what we were talking about earlier uh maybe the last episode about how um you know women have a greater command of language about talking about relationship i've been mean, talking about emotional stuff in general they talk about it more and uh and men aren't used to that as much and it's difficult and and talking about it for too long stuff that like gets us emotional for too long like mm-hmm. we kind of tend to shut down and want to like go into a cave mm-hmm. and like we can't we just like can't keep talking about it to some extent sometimes yeah i'm not sure how much of this is is about training and how much of this is about yeah biology yeah uh, I, I have a friend who i i think again protect the innocent not to use names mm-hmm. or situations but i think we flood each other like we both feel uh-huh. flooded in our friendship sure. at all times and that's hard to escape that's it's something right. you have to be able to recognize and see and work then through. Even innocuous, you know, things yeah. that are said between each we other. We both are... get offended by things that we should yeah. not be offended by. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, I think the first way to find a way out is for both people to somehow recognize this is what's happening. That we're we're flooded. We're right. we're emotional um, m- more than is justified. You know, right. and biologically, it's absolutely authentic. That's how you feel. But just to know, like. 
This is, you know, this is <laughs> biological. It's, they're right. not trying to destroy We're not offending, trying to offend <laughs> yeah. each other. We're just, our brains are just going yeah. crazy right now. Yeah. So, so Goldman cites this, um, well, he says that gender differences in emotional life prove to be a hidden spur to marital breakdowns. He says, even after decades of marriage, women don't mind the unpleasantness of a marital squabble nearly as much as the men. He says, husbands are prone to flooding at a lower intensity, at a lower intensity of negativity than are their wives. More women, more men than women react to their spouse's criticism with flooding. Um, I think that's true. Men, I mean, no one likes to be criticized, but I think it really is, is men are more prone to be set off by it. Mm. Um, he says that men's, you know, this lower tolerance for emotional conflict suggests the possibility that the stoic Clint Eastwood type of male, uh, type of male imperturbability may represent a defense against feeling emotionally overwhelmed. I think that's... Um, so significant yeah um we don't, we don't deal as well with shaming either yeah you know, i've heard that like men yeah. are way worse at dealing with that with yeah them. yeah shame is really hard for us yeah um yeah no it's true man we just like shut down and i've been in situations like that where i'm like i can't even like it's hard for me to talk about it it depends on the relationship i've been in relationships mm-hmm. where um there's a lot of emotional talk but really all that's needed is we need to like hug it out <laughs> sure <laughs> and like and uh, the conversation will go to a good place in yeah. a few minutes, mm. and those have been good uh, experiences. When I've been when I've been in relationships where we tend to have that dynamic, that's that's great. Yeah. Um, but also been in relationships where there's a lot of there's emotional uh, there's emotionally charged uh, negative discussions, and it's hard for me because I'm thinking logically, and I can't logically see my way through this discussion. Like I can't. I can't logically see a solution. Hmm. I can't. I, I can't see how the emotion is logical. Like I can't see how it makes sense mm-hmm. uh, to to the situation or whatever. And that sometimes is difficult for me because then sometimes it just feels like just like raw emotion. That's you're um, saying you have a hard time seeing how the other person's emotions are logic. Y- yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'll have. A, I mean, depending on the relationship, but yeah. I know I've been in one where I felt like there was a lot of emotion that to me. It didn't seem to like make make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it seemed to be like emotion about things that I didn't understand why they would be so emotional, kind of thing. Sure. Okay. Um, from a logical perspective, and that sure. was which could also have to do with people's past and backgrounds and things that we yeah. we don't yeah. get. In that case, it was mm-hmm. it was a it was yeah. um it, it was a traumatic uh, events in the past that I did not know about at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I found out about later that she told me about. Yeah. Um, afterwards, yeah. but. Um, that was difficult for me because my my reaction to that kind of thing, where it was like I don't understand where this emotion's come from, it doesn't right. make sense to me logically right. why this would be happening, and it just feels to me like just... I hope you jumped in with a mansplanation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was like, I put got my suspenders on. Um, no, on the on on the, no no actually. Um, on the contrary, I I just totally shut down. I was like, I have I do not know how to react to this. Like, I have no reaction yeah. to this. I'm speechless. Right. Like, I did not. It was it was kind of like we we're talking about. I felt emotionally flooded very fast in that yeah. kind of situation. Oh, and you probably felt a little and, bit rejected, even. Yeah, I felt rejected. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like I have no idea what to think about this. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. it's like it was hard for me to process it. I was just like, I just want to get away from this situation. Yeah. And so, anyways, yeah, yeah it's an example of that. Yeah, man. Anyways, good stuff. Probably better. What's a good? Well, how would we conclude so, this? Yes. How can we conclude? Okay. Um, hold on. One more thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
the female brain, this is Brizendine again. She says, this actually seems a little bit in conflict with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Men having a lower threshold. But I don't think it is. Uh, female brain has a far more negative alert reaction to relationship conflict and rejection than does the male brain. Uh, men often enjoy enjoy interpersonal conflict and competition. They even get a positive boost from it. In women, conflict is more likely to set in motion a cascade of negative negative chemical reactions, create mm. feelings of stress, upset, and fear. Um, I suspect the context matters completely. I think in a romantic relationship, it's it's more intimate. The stakes are higher. There's more potential to hurt and be hurt. I think, you know, if it's, I think men enjoy interpersonal conflict. If there's no like stakes attached to it, like, you know, arguing with people on Facebook or something, they, they might get like a, do- a dopamine burst of like, ah, I'm going to, you know, prove him wrong. Anyway. Yeah. I uh, walked away from conversations with men where they have later said that was such a good conversation. And I, I walk away <laughs> saying I was so frustrated and like, mad that was at the you. Worst like, whatever. Yeah. But they, because yeah. of the, comp- the, right. the fighting thing, conflict right. and competition yeah. thing. They loved it and I hated it. Yeah, and it might have to do with the nature of the conversation. If it was about, Possibly. you know, how how their behaviors or their habits are like negatively impacting a relationship, mm-hmm. they might enjoy that mm-hmm. a lot less than if it's, you know, about <laughs> sports or something, you know, impersonal. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Well, you remember when we had James and Erica on and yeah. James's family likes to debate a lot and Erica talked uh-huh. about how if she comes out of a conversation with them without being offended, it's a miracle. <laughs> And I felt the same way, like when I was, yeah. you know, back in the days. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, thank you, Paul, for moving us on to conclusions and thoughts. So, um, so based on all this, uh, it's my assertion um, that w- men and women, especially single men and single women, uh, don't know that about or accept these these gender differences, these general gender differences, uh, which I think perpetuates a rift between men and women. Uh, that rift can often look like this, that the women berate the men. Uh, they unfairly judge men um, for a variety of reasons, whether that's the men aren't uh, as emotionally adept as they'd like. Um, you know, they don't communicate feelings. They withdraw from, <laughs> from uh, you know, criticism. Um, they don't conform to social mores, uh, which, which to the woman are so obviously important. Like, not just important, but like critical, right? Mm-hmm. If I, this has happened to me. I know it's happened to Paul as well because we didn't, you know, we didn't conform to a girl's expectations of what a good person is or a righteous person that she viewed us as bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, okay. So, so I think the rift often looks like that on the women's side. For men, it, look, it can look like that they don't like to be berated. Um, uh, but also failing to understand uh, what can be done about it uh, and or successfully making adjustments uh, that will actually make them more appealing and more enjoyable to the woman, right? If a man has no emotional uh, vocabulary, he has no little awareness of, of, you know, little emotional intelligence, I'd say, um, you know, that, that's, that leaves a big empty spot in a relationship with, mm-hmm. with most women. Right. Um, um, you know, it can also look like him consequently withdrawing, um, you know, from women who are actually really great uh, prospects and maybe seeking women who aren't as good prospects. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, Lisa Snell, you know, that dating coach, uh-huh. I know she talks about her, one of the pieces of advice she gives to men often is talk about 
the emotions of your day or whatever, you know? Yeah. When you're talking with a girl, like, talk about what emotions did you feel and why. Yeah. It, guys don't normally tend to go there. The, the uh, good news is that helps women to relate. this kind of emotional intelligence that we're talking about here can be learned. Yeah. Um, you know, again, and for most of it, I think women are more likely to develop it, but men can too. Um, you know, I, so I also think that, you know, what these gender differences teach us is that, well, on the one hand, we can't, can't outright excuse uh, behaviors that harm other people or that hamper the health of a relationship. Uh, even, even if those differences, uh, you know, draw, you know, to some significant, significant extent from our biological natures, um, you know, I, hang on. I like what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. okay. Well, we can't outright Sweet. excuse, you know, behavior that, that hurts people or that is hurting the relationship. Uh, on, on the other hand, I, I think that we can be a lot more tolerant and patient and grateful, um, when we see efforts to acknowledge and or, or rather when we see efforts to grow past these habits of thought and behavior that stem from our natures. Yeah. Um, you know, in other words, to be more informed about what each of us is up against. Um, and, and, and I think also to be uh, honest with ourselves about what our own things are that we absolutely. need to work through. If we're not willing to work through our own things, we can't expect somebody else to be willing to work through theirs. Absolutely. And and that's that's huge. It's mm-hmm. way easier, you know, from, from the New Testament, we know, you know, Jesus taught that, you know, instead of looking at the moat, you know, the speck in your neighbor's eye, you should look at the, the beam in your own eye yeah. uh, first. And that after you remove that, you'll see more clearly. Right. Um, yeah, in the end, we only can change ourselves. Yeah. We can have some influence on other people. We can influence others. But if if we have not... If they want to be influenced. That's right. And if they're willing to be influenced by us, if we we are someone worthy of exerting influence, which maybe we're not. (laughs) I also think a lot of times we complain, like, why am I always attracting the same type of guy or the same type of girl? But if we turned and looked at ourselves, that's probably the reason because we're attracting like, like attracts like. Yeah. And so if we take the time to heal that part of ourselves, we'll start to attract healthier relationships in general. As a coach, if I heard that, I would say, hey, that's a good question to start with. Let's explore that some more Mm -hmm. because that's the right question to be asking. But we need to figure out what, why? Yeah. What is behind that? Um, So anyway, I I think, you know, the more we can appreciate these differences um, as well as efforts to try and improve upon them, uh, the better equipped we'll be. To, to build bridges um yeah and it's useful to not to not go immediately to like the the way you're doing it is wrong and the way mm-hmm. i'm doing it is right you know as opposed to saying like yeah. we're naturally going to do these things differently and that's not bad right like um right it may lead to yeah. difficulties yeah but now, it might be it, good too it, it, to find it, a way to work it's, together. it's more fair if you want to have a conversation to say the way you did this you know it, it made me feel this way mm-hmm. yeah um you know that that's at least a better place to start when you want to have a conversation because you're not labeling them as the enemy. You're expressing how you were affected by something. Right. Um, yeah. Now again, to go somewhere productive with there requires emotional maturity and ability to work through that. But right. um, okay, one more thing I want to say uh, that that blaming uh, others, uh, jumping to conclusions, judging harshly, holding grudges, those all have a visceral and an intuitive appeal. Um, but they also have a tendency to blight us to our own, own internal obstacles. This is, I guess, what you already said. Uh, well, simultaneously driving wedges between ourselves and others. Uh, on the other hand, charitably giving each other the benefit of the doubt, patiently supporting each other and making changes, uh, even when the other person slips up or manage them, manages themselves badly. Um, and then honestly confronting and working on our own issues goes a long way in nurturing connections that can flourish.
And those are my final thoughts. That's it. That's a good final thought. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think that's basically a wrap. Okay. That's a wrap. Well, we'll talk more about Cold War stuff. The other Cold War, yeah. Later. Yeah, but um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for in. joining yeah. us. Yeah, and, thanks, Shayla. Thanks, everyone. For well, being thanks, awesome. Yep. Thanks for having for me again. And, uh, it's been great. And we'll talk to you all later. All right. Take Goodbye. care. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and give us a rating. Thank you.